Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Bible says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. We have two revelations from heaven that we see. One in verse number 17, you see it's the righteousness uh, of God. That's revealed from faith to faith, actually. But we have two revelations here, the righteousness of God. And then in verse number 18, we have the wrath of God. And one of the glories of the gospel is this. The righteousness of God, which is a gift from God freely given unto whosoever would receive him now quelches or cools or we, we actually see the wrath of God now in what Psalms calls thy tender mercies and it's a beautiful thing the picture of the gospel because we're no under we're no longer under his wrath we have his imputed righteousness and that contrast is going to run throughout this message, thank God for his tender mercies and thank God for his loving kindness. You know, the Bible says, for God so loved the world and he gave and Jesus Christ as that atoning sacrifice, that perfect sacrifice where he took, he took the wrath owed to us upon his body on the tree. But this revelation here, this righteousness of God in verse number 17 it says from faith. That means it's not from works. And you're going to have to decide if you're not saved, if you are saved, praise God. And we talk to a lost person who isn't saved. They're going to have to decide if they are going to, by faith, believe what God said and trust him. And then it says to faith. Have you put your faith in God? Have you believed what God said? By faith. And if you have opened your eyes, if your eyes may be a better way to say that, have been opened to the gospel, you now know and have experienced the righteousness of God. He imputes his righteousness and credits to your account. How did the righteousness of God happen? How did that all, all happen? From faith to faith. That's how it happened. But when we define the righteousness of God, go back to look at verse number three and watch what it says, because we have to be careful how we define it. Look at verse three, and it says concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're not concerned with politics, although we have some concern down here on earth on how things are going. We can all agree to that. But the gospel isn't politics. We're not trying to improve someone's life down here. That's what social polit political stuff's about. We're not trying to tell people, the gospel is that we're trying to tell people how they can have a healthy, wealthy, 
pretzels and rainbows and, uh, you know, hot fudge Sunday life. Because every day isn't going to be a Friday. A matter of fact, you get one Friday out of the week, and a lot of times you got to work overtime on that. <laughs> so that is not our message. Here's how we can help your life be easier down here on earth. That makes sense. Because we so get into, well, the politics is the gospel, and it's not. It's politics. We so get into, let's make our life easier, but it's not the gospel. It's not. You know what God gave the nation of Israel? Ten commandments. You know what they got when they obeyed the Ten Commandments? Salvation, except it wasn't their soul. It was their physical life down here on earth. And if they obeyed what God told them to do, they won the battle, their land grew crops, and they were blessed physically by God. Now, is there a spiritual blessing that we always glean from obeying what the Lord says? Yes, of course there is, and of course there's that application. But that nation was given laws to obey so they can be blessed physically here on this physical earth. It says it's the gospel. We have to be careful. We define it because it says it's concerning his son. Christ is the center. His blood is precious. His death, burial, and resurrection were redeemed by him. And we either preach that message or this lost and dying world. Do you know what happens to them? They die in their sins. That's why the Bible says the gospel is hidden to them that are lost. That's the message that we bring. So what's the righteousness of God? It is finished. It is the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, my friends, is what is right before God. And everything we do is wrong. And none of us are going to be justified. That is to be declared right, to be declared righteous. By anything that we do. And people don't like the idea of coming before a holy God saying that they are guilty and that they are wrong. If you remember being a child. You remember when mom or dad said something to you, what did you do? You lied about it. You hit it. You defended yourself. No, it wasn't really me. It was. Yeah, it was me, but here's why it really wasn't me, because. And if you raise kids, you know this to be true as well. What does someone that is guilty typically do? Immediately they get into the defensive mode. And this lost and dying world, as soon as you point out the fact to them that they're under the wrath of God, they've got no righteousness of their own, they will immediately defend themselves. It'll be immediate. How? Well, I go to church. I was baptized. I said a prayer. I never killed anybody. My daddy was a preacher. Well, congratulations, you're under the wrath of God. And if you were to die trusting in the fact that your daddy was a preacher and your uncle's a deacon, you're going to be in eternal hell and you're not getting out. 
Who wants to say that to someone? We need to be tactful. We need to have some tender mercies. We have to have some loving kindness. But folks, that's the reality of the matter. This lost and dying world is under the wrath of God. And we have got to get them to understand that before they can be declared right by God. They've got one hope. This is a, a very interesting verse. Go back to Job because people so want to get to God on their own. They so desire it. It's almost like God anticipated it. Job, go to chapter number 40 because you've got, you don't want to come to God by faith. You don't want to come to God by uh, get, receiving his imputed righteousness to your account. You want to get to God on your own by your own good works. God gives you one chance to do it. Job chapter number 40. And you bring somebody here that's so self-righteous they can't see past the weeds. You say, okay, you want to be saved by works? You can be saved by works. Here's how. Job chapter number 40. Look at verse number six. Then answered the Lord and the Job out of the whirlwind and said, Gird up thy loins now like a man. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. Will thou also disannul my judgment? Will thou condemn me that thou mayest be righteous? People want to condemn God all day long, and they want to put God on trial all day long. You want to condemn God? You want to call yourself righteous? Verse 9, hast thou, hast thou an arm like God, or canst thou thunder like a voice like him? Didn't think so. Verse 10, here's what you can do then. Deck thyself now with majesty and excellency, and array thyself with glory and beauty. Cast abroad the rage of thy wrath, and behold, everyone that is proud and abase him. Look on everyone that is proud and bring him low, and tread down the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust together, and bind their faces in secret. Then will I also confess unto thee that thine oath, that thine own right hand can save thee. You want to be saved by works? Okay, go do that. In other words, ain't a nobody going to be able to do it. Well, I'm going to follow the Ten Commandments. Okay, go do that. And you'll find out God gave the Ten Commandments to show everybody that they can't follow the Ten Commandments. So you want to be saved? God says in Job chapter 40, okay, do all this stuff. And then man attempts to do it, and he finds out he can't do let alone all of it, he can't do one of it. I'm telling you, this lost and dying world is under the wrath of God, and that's the second revelation we get in Romans chapter 1. Look at the 18th verse. The Bible says, for the wrath of God. That's the holy anger of God. Dad, did you ever lose your cool? I don't mean this week. I mean ever. Yeah, we've all had you could probably bet that every time you did that, it wasn't holy. Now, your kids might have been saying, holy smokes, we got to get out of here. Dad's fired up. I ain't never seen dad like that. You think that's bad, kids? Imagine coming under the holy wrath of God who is infinity times more wrathful than your dad 
when he gets upset when you do wrong. I can't believe my dad yelled at me. Can you believe that this lost and dying world is under the wrath of a holy God? And it's holy anger. That's God's wrath. And that's what this world is under. The entire race is guilty before God. And it's contrasted to, look at verse number five. It's contrasted to grace by whom we have received grace. Look at verse number 16. We have a contrast here is the power of God unto salvation. We already preached on that. It's contrasted to verse 17, the righteousness of God. What am I saying? I'm saying if people don't know that they're lost, they have no understanding of what that wrath of God is contrasted to. What's the first step in witnessing to someone? You got to help them understand that they're lost because if they don't know they're lost, they have no idea. They underestimate sin. What's the downfall of the modern church in America today? The downfall is they have underestimated the wrath of God, his holy anger, and the consequences of sin. Salvation is measured by sin. This is why the Bible says, 1 Timothy 1.15, for Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, look at the 16th verse, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And we already preached on this. Christians should not be ashamed of the gospel. But you know who should be ashamed? Lost people. They should be ashamed of their sin before a holy God. This idea that we're going to walk around and, and talk like man is innocent is a false view. Man is not innocent. Man is condemned and under God's wrath they must be saved. And if we don't as a church preach and teach that message, we have not only twisted the gospel, but we have shamed the gospel. The Bible says in Romans 1.16, it goes on to say, For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it. It doesn't say to one that believe it. It says, believe it. It says every. One, this gospel goes out to everyone. Why? Because God's wrath is upon everyone. It says the wrath of God now is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And that should bring absolute terror to the heart of mankind. All are under God's wrath. And ungodliness, it denies the pure essence of God. Ungodliness is a blatant disregard for God, and ungodliness is a refusal to conform to the will of God. That's ungodliness. What does ungodliness always lead itself to? Unrighteousness. Always. Unrighteousness, it denies the supreme rule of God. Unrighteousness is wicked conduct toward others. Which as a result is toward God. Because if you're not treating other people right. It's because you're unrighteous. And you're not treating other people right. By default. It's because you're not right with God. Who treats their brother right. When they're right with God in their heart. Who treats their spouse right. Unless they're right with God in their heart. 
it always is an outpouring of your unrighteous. And that unrighteousness affects all of our relationships in one way or another. We hold it. See, that's we've got ungodliness in verse 18. We've got unrighteousness of men in verse 18. And the Bible says you hold the truth and unrighteousness. They hold back the truth. They fudge the facts and they won't face it. Men hate truth. And so what they do is they got it right in their hands and they hold it in unrighteousness. We know Hebrews 10 says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. People have the truth. They're not fearful of God. But the funny thing is, most people have and know more truth than they obey. <laughs> we can make that application to ourselves. We know a lot of stuff in the Bible. But if you've been coming here any length of time, you probably know more Bible than more than half the churches that are in our county. But that didn't mean we obey it all. <laughs> we know a lot of it. I'm telling you, this lost and dying world, they know some Bible. The word is nighty. They hold more truth than they're willing to submit to and they're willing to obey, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Remember that verse? Instead, they hold it in unrighteousness. It just displays how black their heart is before a holy, righteous God. Righteousness, that which is not right, they hold it. In unrighteousness. When God gave the nation the Ten Commandments. Did it matter what they believed about it? It didn't. It was God's requirement for them. And it was irrespective of what that nation thought. It, in other words, it didn't matter what they believed. God gave them the command. Well. I don't know if I, I, you know, I read that in the Bible. I don't know if I believe it. It's irrespective of what you believe and what I believe. When you show somebody a verse in the Bible about salvation, Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. For all of sin, they come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Well, I just don't believe that. Who cares what you believe? These truths are irrespective of what you believe. And all of you have displayed to me is two things. You are holding that truth irrespective of what you believe. It's irrespective. It's not going to change. You're holding that truth in an unrighteous manner. And as a result, the wrath of God abides on you. You have got to bring that message to people. Romans 1.19 says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. They absolutely knew the truth because God showed it to them. And God, he righteously re re will reveal his wrath unto men. His wrath is upon all ungodliness and all unrighteousness. Why? Because mankind knows and mankind won't submit and obey God. But he knows. Well, how can you be so sure of that? Because God's their teacher. How's God's their teacher? He showed it unto them. 
God's not going to fail as a teacher. You fail. I fail. And this lost and dying world is failing because they are in willful rebellion. They are in willful opposition to our almighty creator, holy, righteous God. Get Psalms 19. Psalms chapter number 19. Hold your place there. It says in Romans, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Now, let's get back to the Ten Commandments for a second. Who did God give the Ten Commandments to? That'd be the nation of Israel. Okay? Amen. God gave the Ten Commandments, and it governed that nation. Guess who he didn't give the Ten Commandments to? And the many commands we find in Exodus. That would be Gentiles. It was given to the Hebrew nation. The Israelite people. Wasn't given to the Gentiles. Why are you saying that? Well, because somebody could simply say, well, God never gave me the Ten Commandments. Now, we're not going to go over the fact that Jesus restated nine of them in the New Testament. But I'm saying that to state, look at uh, look at Psalm chapter 19. We're going somewhere with this. Look at Psalms chapter 19. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth night knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth. And their words to the end of the world, in them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. You know what God does? He takes every single person back to his creation. And you are not unrighteous because you rallied with some folks in your town and got the Ten Commandments taken out of the courthouse. That does not make you unrighteous. You know what makes you unrighteous? Is that you look up at the declared handiwork of God and you deny your creator God and you're in willful rebellion to him. And you look up and say, I hate and rebel against your created order. And God says, you are under my wrath. And I will drop you into hell because of it. So stop trying to justify yourself. Well, I try to follow the Ten Commands. No, you don't. It would only show you that you would fail. And number two, they weren't even given to you anyway. But you look up at his creation and you thumb your nose and you shake your fist at God. Well, I'm not a Jew. I'm not under the Ten Commands. You're right. You're not. But you're under God's creation. And from heaven, his wrath is revealed unto you because you look up and in silence, you deny who he is. You don't go around saying you hate God. It's just revealed in the way you live. It's revealed in the way in, in what you worship. And it's visible to everybody. You can look up and see stars. Who put them there? You can look up and see the moon. Who put that there? You can look down during the day and you can look up and see sunshine or you can see rain. 
and you will see the all-inspiring handiwork of God. He's all-wise, and he is creative. You see why Paul says the wrath of God is revealed from heaven? Against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. And man looks up towards heaven. And instead of praising his handiwork, man says, I'm going to try to get to God on my own. And there goes the SpaceX program. You hear any talk about, look at the beautiful handiwork of God. You hear any talk about that crowd, about look at the stars, look at the moon, look at what God did. You hear any talk about photography saying, look at the marvelous handiwork of God? No. Here's what you hear. Man can accomplish anything. Man can build a tower and launch himself off the launching tower and man can go up toward God on man's own because man can do anything. Sound familiar, Genesis? God never told them back in Genesis they couldn't do it. God told them they were doing it, and he put a stop to it. And I'm telling you, the wrath of God is going to come down and put a stop to any attempt that man tries to get to God on his own because he will not be able to do it. And the wrath of God is upon those types of things. Because you cannot get to God on your own. It will not make you righteous. It will only make you self-righteous. Let's go back to let's go back to Jeremiah. We're going to go to chapter number 10. Don't get nervous. There's other material in Jeremiah chapter number 10 that makes for some great preaching. Look at Jeremiah chapter number 10. And uh, when you get there, Jeremiah 10, look at verse number one. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. This is to very evidently the house of Israel. Now, skip on down because we don't want to make anybody nervous this morning. Skip on down to verse number 10. But the Lord, verse number 10. Is the true God. He. Is the living God. And an everlasting king. And here it is. At his wrath the earth shall tremble. And the nations shall not be able to abide. His indignation. Thus. Shall you say unto them. The gods little g God. That have not made the heavens and the earth. Even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. He hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom and hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. And every day, this lost and dying world has to wake up and they have to look up and they have to deal with what they hate. His creation. And God's created order, even though the seas clap for him, and 
We, we looked at that this morning in Sunday school and all that worship of the creation to God, that noise they make. Even though that's all there, every day lost people wake up and they still have this. The silent rebuke of God against mankind. How? Because they look up and see what he's made and they silently forget. How? They live their life drowning in a sea of all of their accomplishments. And everything is about them. And it's not for God. And this attempt to I want to be something is a silent rebuke to your creator that says, I'm not paying attention to anything that you made, God. I've got a way to make myself right. And now just have, it doesn't matter what it is, just fill in the blank. None of us will get there on our own. Man makes his voice heard by not speaking. And man is silent about acknowledging God's created order. If you, you it might have been hard to make some analogies back in the 20s and 30s and 40s. Some of you were born in late 20s. Some of you were born in 30s. Some of you were born in 40s. You can relate to this. It might have been hard to have some preaching on it back then because people by and large live right. They understood the distinction between a man and a woman. Now it's so easy. It's all low hanging fruit. Man won't say they hate God. Here's what they'll do. They'll send your child to school and say, well, whatever you want to do. Well, my daddy taught me I'm a boy. Yeah. You can be a girl. Huh? That is a that is an outright silent rebuke. Well, it's not silent. They say it. They admit it. It's out there against God. We're going to change your gender. Why do you want to change your gender? Because you hate God. That's why we have to do all of these things because they're doing this gender transformation and all of this. Here's what you need to do. Tell them that they're under the wrath of God. They need to be saved and get God's imputed righteousness or they're going to die and go to hell. That's what you need to tell them. And when you see a boy and he's confused, you say, you're confused about God. You see a girl and she's confused. No, you're confused about God. You're wonderfully made. You're fearfully made in the image of God. He made you as a boy. He made you as a girl. There's no reason to rebel against God's order. But I just think and I just feel. Yeah, I know you do think. Quit it. I know you just feel. Quit feeling. All this happy, slappy, let your conscience be your guide. Follow your heart. It's wicked. It's of the devil. It disobeys God's created order. Read what he said and believe it and obey it. Well, I don't want to. You're under the wrath of God. And God is silent. Man doesn't need to hear an audible voice from the Lord. All he has to do is look up and hear in the sense of seeing God's creation. 
and God silently gives you the rebuke. You look up, you see his order, your life's in disorder, and you just continue to go on. And God just rebukes you. I am order. I have created this. And you look up, your life's in disarray and in disorder. And all you have to do is believe what I said, and you'll receive my imputed righteousness. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That's where mankind's at. Our entire race is under the wrath of God. And the problem that we have today, there is no respect for God's righteousness. There is no respect for God's holiness. There is no respect for God's justice. Everything from the political arena to the social arena to the entertainment arena to the music arena. All of them are under the holy wrath of God. And until you come out from among them and be separate, you will always be under the wrath of God because you must come out from that. You must not trust in that. And you must turn and put your faith and trust in what God did for you. Believe it by faith. You can look up and see his created order. You can know that there is a God and say, God, I'm not right. I'm unrighteous and I'm ungodly. And the just died for the unjust. And he wants to give you his righteousness, which he revealed concerning his son that is by faith. And it's by God's grace. And you will be redeemed. And you will not be under the wrath of God anymore. And this world and this modern church and this Laodicean church and all this junk that we see is because they refuse to acknowledge God's wrath. And if you went to a photographer, people really don't do this anymore, but I guess they do selfies now. But if you went to a photographer, many of you probably have done this for yourself or for a family photo. And then the photographer calls one day and says, well, the proofs are back. Come on in and let's take a look at them. And you come in and you look at the proof. Whoa, I look like that. <laughs> yeah, you. You, you do, and the photographer's smiling because he's trying to make you feel good. Uh, it's, it's, it's not so bad. We've all done that. We've taken a picture, and you know now you do it with your phone. You just hit delete. Well, I don't really look like it. <laughs> let's, let's get rid of that one. But you look at the photos. You say, photographer, I am not buying those. I look horrible in that dress, the lady said. The men say, oh, I don't really look good. And the photographer says, oh, no, no, Mrs. Jones, Mr. Jones. Oh, no. no oh, no, don't, don't, don't look at that. The photographer says, look, I can clean up those photos. All the wrinkles and all the pimples will be gone. I can take them out. The bump on your nose, don't worry, Mr. Jones, I can take that out. Everything that looks bad that you think about the angle, I can change the lighting. I can make, I can change all of that. And I can make you look right. And it only costs $2.99. And you go back, you say, okay, you buy those photos. You come back, you buy those photos. And you look at it and like, wow, I look pretty good. <laughs> now, haven't we all done that? 
Nobody wants to go to the photographer and look at the proofs and say, (laughs) and no lost person wants to have to come face to face with what they look like before God. And every single one of them are guilty before God. You cannot show somebody who they are before God and not have them recognize that they are guilty as charged. And then they say to you, oh no, I'm under the wrath of God. I don't want to be like that. And you don't say, don't worry, for $2.99, I can fix it up. I can touch you up. You say, no, look, you're under the wrath of God. You're guilty. You're condemned. But God can make you right. He can wash away every sin. He can take away every iniquity. He can cleanse you from all sin, all unrighteousness, all ungodliness. God can make you right. Can I get it through religion? No. Can I get it through good works? No. Can I get it through baptism? No. Can I get it through any other way? No. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Jesus Christ, you will be shown guilty before God. And you won't like it. No lost person will. But God says, concerning his son, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And God will make you right. And now you'll look at yourself and say, wow, I look pretty good. Not because of what I have done, but because of what he did for me. I have, if you're saved, you have Jesus Christ as your advocate that stands in your place and he credits God credits Christ's righteousness to your account and that's the only reason you and I don't look that bad anymore and this lost and dying world needs to know that if we took a photograph of their life we took a video of their life and we showed it before God They would be guilty and they're under God's wrath. I don't like that. Okay, believe what God said. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And God will take it all away. It will be covered by the blood. It will be washed in the blood. And Christ, as your advocate, stands before God in your place for you. And that's the only way you can get someone out from under the wrath of God. They can't make themselves look good, but God can. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.